0: The success of Littleton is due in large part to the fact that we're a collective of towns mm-hmm. that kind of comprise this whole area called the North Country.
1: This is Jason Torres, and he's had a big hand in the success he's talking about.
0: I made this little button graphic of uh, Lafayette, which is a mountain in uh, Franklin Notch.
1: The button was inspired by an ad campaign from the mid-1960s that read Nebraska Needs You. Jason took that idea and changed it.
0: And I put on it, The North Country Needs You. And the idea was to try and draw out some of these younger folks with, you know, horizon broadening experiences and bring them into rural areas. The the concept was that, you know, next time I go into the city, New York or Boston or Portland, Just put a bunch of those stickers up and try and draw some of those folks, you know, from these heavily crowded urban environments to a nicer place to live where they can kind of become themselves a little bit more.
1: Jason saw a newspaper storeroom in Littleton and thought it could be something more, something that would draw young people to the North Country, just like those buttons.
0: We are in the loading dock located in Littleton, And this is my performance space slash art space.
1: After an incredibly rainy drive through the notches, I met Jason in a trapezoidal building next to a roaring Ammanusik River. I
0: instantly was attracted to it because it was super raw, had brick walls and exposed ceilings and felt like something that I would find in New York City or Brooklyn.
1: In the past four years, Jason and a handful of volunteers have created a space for up-and-coming artists at The Loading Dock. This is Word of Mouth, and we're continuing our series on the North Country. I'm Sam Searles, and today we're looking into arts and culture in the North Country through a musical lens. Certain towns are becoming destinations for artists, but why? And how can music fuel community development and growth?
2: That's not something that people necessarily
1: think about when they think about the North Country. This is Kate Griffin, director of the Arts Alliance of Northern New Hampshire.
2: You know, people come here to hike, to snowmobile, to ride ATV trails, all that kind of thing. Um, And that is absolutely true. um, But the arts and culture sector is actually really thriving here. Kate says
1: this is actually not such a new thing.
2: Going back to the days of artists coming to the White Mountains, but more recently than that, even thinking about lots of folks who migrated here and settled here in the 70s who brought all kinds of artistic endeavors to the region. And I think there's sort of a generational pattern of, like, renewing around those arts because there really has been a ton of stuff happen over the last 10 to 15 years that has cropped up.
0: There's always been a really strong tradition of music in the north country.
1: That's Jason Torres again from the Loading Dock. That wave of artists Kate mentioned. Jason is part of that, and he says part of his success comes from geography.
0: You know, Littleton you could think of it as sort of like the center, but. Bethlehem is a huge factor in that, too. It's even more artsy and kind of wacky than <laughs> Littleton is. You know, we're equidistant between Boston and Montreal or Portland and Burlington.
1: For bands just starting to make waves by touring through the Northeast, Littleton makes a great place to hone their craft through performance.
0: You know, the, the startup touring bands, you know, where folks that are coming out with their first or second tour, And, you know, they have a great band, they have something happening, and that spark is really cool. It's almost like an incubator space. You know, you're catching folks on their first or second tour and they're figuring out how to do the thing, and you're giving them a place to play, which they're extremely happy about.
1: But Kate says music is not the only part of the North Country's art scene. There's a dizzying array of performance spaces and venues. Great
2: Northwoods Center for the The Art Colonial Theater
1: renovated Renovated. into the
2: beautiful um, old Bell Shrine property in Columbia, which is just south of Colebrook, and a a huge huge Amborum Medallion Opera House, which is part of the town's um, live music presenting in Colebrook and in Lancaster. Of course, the North Country Chamber Players, um, which have been around for uh, several generations now.
0: Early one morning, Peter opened the gate and went out into the big green
1: meadow. This is Peter and the Wolf, performed by the North Country Chamber Players during a sold-out show.
3: The North Country Chamber Players are a group of musicians who have been coming to the North Country for the past 41 years to make music in the communities of Grafton and Coas County mostly.
1: This is violinist Ronnie Bausch. He's also the director of the North Country Chamber Players. He's been involved with the players for over 30 years and says for their first decade, they played exclusively in the North Country. We're talking
3: 1980, so there was no cable television, there was no internet, there were were no computers, so that area was pretty isolated. In the first summer, we had a, a summer festival of two weeks, and that has expanded over the decades to now. We do six weeks of concerts in the summer, and then we do programs all all year round also.
1: The original members came from all over, including the Philadelphia Orchestra, the Minnesota Orchestra, and the New York City Ballet and Opera Orchestras, and they continue to pull in artists from big cities. They've had everyone from Grammy-winning artists to Jerry Greenfield of Yes, that Ben and Jerry collaborate with them, including when Jerry narrated a performance of Peter and the Wolf.
3: And it was maybe the first chamber orchestra concert in that concert hall ever. So that was something not only historic for us celebrating our 40th anniversary, but even for the town as well.
1: Over the years, the taper players have played for over 80,000 New Hampshire students, everything from high schools in Berlin to one-room schoolhouses in Stark. For some kids, it's the first time they're seeing a bassoon or an oboe.
3: It might have—it might actually have been Gorham, but it was a small elementary school. We would tell them we'd done movie scores and all these movies that they'd seen, and um, we'd play in Carnegie Hall, and we'd travel around the world. So <laughs> one kid raises his hand and says, excuse me, if you guys are so great, why are you playing here? Of course, we, we chuckled, and we said, because... You, you know, you guys are just as important as any audience that we play for in Vienna or in Tokyo or New York. It doesn't matter where we are. It's uh, your listeners, and that's, that's what's important to us. I think in any cultural endeavor in America, you can never coast.
4: You had told me five years ago I would want to move to the north country of New Hampshire. You know, I I might not have believed you, but after having witnessed, you know, what's going on. This is
1: Andrew Mackey. He's 27 and grew up in Claremont. After watching Jason and the Loading Dock in action a few times, Andrew made the decision to move to Littleton and open a barbershop.
4: I'm the new kid on the block. I moved here less than a year ago.
1: Andrew talked to friends about ways to use his new space, and thanks to a friendship with Jason, he already had artists in mind.
4: I said, hey, I got this crazy idea to do kind of a, you know, a la Tiny Desk style concert in the barbershop.
0: And it's called Benson. The Last Cut,
4: yeah. is the
0: name of the, <laughs> it's a web series, right?
1: Yeah. right? Jason and Andrew worked together with artists in The Loading Dock, convincing bands to stay in the area just long enough to play a set in the barbershop all of which is recorded.
4: It's worked out pretty well because the last few times we've been loading in, literally the last cut of the day is happening as we're loading a soundboard into the barbershop, which is a little confusing for our last customer of the day.
1: Projects like these can't exist without volunteers.
4: We've added, you know, some more people to our team that are, you know, all jumping in and just kind of volunteering, making this happen. Hey, you're a photographer? Cool, I'm a photographer. Let's go shoot together. I said I want a video series. I had one videographer, suddenly I had three.
1: Kate Griffin of the Arts Alliance says that that can make tracking data on just how much good is being done difficult.
2: Because the sector is volunteer-driven, by and large, um, it can be hard to, to really get a good handle on the data here. We do have good evidence nationally that the creative sector that arts and culture are a real economic driver.
1: Jason tells the story of a young woman from Exeter who visited a show and was so impressed by the venue and performances, she told him she was thinking about moving to the area.
0: And I think that like we may have converted her, you know, that night, just by, you know, having live music. And, you know, that's a pretty powerful thing.
1: Thanks so much for listening. Word of Mouth this week was created by me, Sam Searles, with help from Justine Paradise, Jimmy Gutierrez, and Ben Henry. Our executive producer is Erica Janik. The North Country Chamber Players will have a concert weekend in September. The Loading Doc posts about show schedules on Facebook. And you can also subscribe to The Last Cut on YouTube and help these endeavors continue to bring music to the North Country. Special thanks to Professor Lisa Donovan. Word of Mouth is a production of NHPR.